nice to hear some good things. We have some legitimate good quarterbacking to talk about. It was one of the best quarterbacked days in Chicago Bears history. It was record-breaking. It ended with consecutive completions. It ended badly, but those numbers stacked up like they do usually correlate to like a 97% chance of victory. Tim Jenkins is on Twitter at T Jenkins Elite founder and CEO of Jenkins Elite joins us on the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's up, Tim? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Way better to uh, talk good quarterback play than bad quarterback play. Unfortunately, it didn't end well for us. It it did not, but there was a lot of good that, that Justin showed. So let's get into it. What went right for the Bears offense early in that game? Yeah, what I'd like to talk like through is the the fact of we had really good quarterback play, and that's not just a bad Denver defense because that's something that I see a lot of people are saying is like, hey, well, the Broncos defense is just so bad. That's why Justin had a good day. And we could all probably point to a couple of plays. The Komet touchdown where we motion a two-by-two and just somehow – the Broncos forget that there's a tight end running vertical, right? (laughs) That's definitely the Broncos defense. But when you talk about, hey, we're, 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 we're throwing a deep over route with DJ Moore covered by Pat Sertan, like that's not a bad defense. That's good quarterback play, right? So to me, I think the most important thing is, hey, he had a great day and then trying to figure out, okay, what was because the Denver defense was bad and what was because Justin was just playing better? And I think a lot of it, to me, was Justin playing better, right? Because the contested throws that you're making when, or the extending the play, like the red zone, how many times have we seen Justin just tuck it and become a running back and dive at that front pylon, right, with your shoulder extended? He didn't do that, right? He attacked him vertically, and then the defense came, and then all of a sudden he just dumps it to Komet. So I think there was a lot of improvement. To me, it was the tight window throws. That's what I walked away saying, holy cow. That's not really something I expected, right? I didn't expect him to drive that slant where and again the slant one's funny because i don't know why our left tackle decides to turn right like we're literally sliding the line left so to me it's just like that's like the it's a that's a really bad missed assignment so all of a sudden he turns right we have a free runner justin stays in there rips it to dj moore another contested catch for him you got the pats or tan over you've got hey him extending the play dumping it then you've got a where he rips it to mooney so to me there were a lot of contested throws that's why I'm excited, right? The the touchdown to Komet where he's wide open out of a motion, like that's not as exciting, right? That's just, hey, we're going up against a bad defense. But I really believe that there was some stuff that you could look at the tape and go, okay, this is who we all expected Justin to be week one against Green Bay. We talk a lot and give a ton of criticism to Luke Getze, and I think it's earned in a lot of respects. You discuss concepts of, of offense, offense and offensive plays. Were the concepts better this week, or was it just better execution of concepts that were already there? Yeah, so I don't know if Getsy listens to your guys' show or if it's an intern, but somebody over there took him the segment of when we were all sitting there like, hey, just give the kid a chance. Let's figure out what he's made of. Because to me, the, he called a game how you would call a game for any quarterback in the National Football League which basically then put Justin in a position where, hey, you either sink or swim, right? We're no longer coddling you. You either go out there and make the right progressions and make the right throws, and our offense will be successful, or we're going to have guys running wide open on tape, and, and it's going to be a clear indicator that it's you. And to be honest, they both 
did their job, right? <laughs> Our offensive coordinator called the game like a like an NFL OC should, where you're putting your players in a position to be successful and they have to go out and make the play. And to be honest, our, our guys made the play. The only breakdown that I really saw where I'm sitting there were the two plays that I'm sure we're going to get to, which is the, hey, we're running naked boot. And, like, I don't know who was on the broadcast um, calling the game. Matt Ryan was I, the analyst on that. Yeah, one. so, man, I love Matty Ice. But what I'm going to say is, like, you can't sit there and harp on turning the quarterbacks back to the line of scrimmage and then ignore the nine times we called naked that was successful, right? Like we called a lot of naked in that game and it was successful eight times. The ninth should have been relayed because, okay, so we got we to gotta set it all up because to me, this is the communication factor in the NFL. We call naked a bunch. Every single time the Broncos defensive end does what we call squeezing at the line of scrimmage, meaning the tackle that's to him. There's an offensive lineman lined up to him. They block down. The, the defensive end, he doesn't go upfield. He squeezes. He basically follows the tackle so he can take away the backside cut on run, but also redirect and pressure the quarterback in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. He's not there to make a big play, but he's there to make the quarterback get it out of his hands, right? So they, we call it not, uh, I don't know if it's really nine times, but we call it a ton, okay? And every single time the Broncos DN plays it just like that. Then what happens? We get to the red zone, and how does the DN play it? The DN plays it upfield. Justin just makes one of those plays where you sit there and you go, are you kidding, right? Especially a guy like me who, like, if I would have tried to make the move Justin made on the touchdown throw, like, I would have tore my Achilles. You know what I mean? Like, I, it would just have been bad. So you sit there, you watch Justin do it, it's a touchdown. What should have happened, though, after that? You should have gotten on the headset, and if we're being honest, it's partly on Tyson too, right? What is a quarter, backup quarterback's job? you got to sit there and you got to say, like, hey, man, he looked like he played you pretty hard upfield, right? Like, we have to know what to look for on each play. we got to communicate that as a quarterback coach, as an offensive coordinator, and as the quarterback. Hey, next time we get in naked, i got to be ready to eat this thing if that DN plays it the same. If not, hey, I'm going to try to dirt it to him. But there's a difference between, and I heard Justin, you know, post game say, hey, you know, they, they never want me to take a sack there. Like, yeah, there's no doubt we should dirt it at the feet. But there are also times where you've got a, you know, you have a car running at you and you just got to fall over, right? Like, that's the reality mm -hmm. of playing quarterback in the NFL sometimes. Some of these plays, we know there's a 2% chance that we just have to eat it. Justin knows he should have ate the ball there. But to me, it's like, we should have been ready for it because the last time we called naked, that's how they played it. So that was the disappointing part. From a just sheer concept side of it, much improved, much improved from Justin executing it. But I'm going to be honest, that's what we need to see the rest of the season, which is call a game according, accordingly, right? Hey, it's either sink or swim for the quarterback, and then let's see what this quarterback is. Because if Justin plays 13 more weeks like this, you know, are you sure you want to get Caleb Williams? But if he plays two more weeks like this and then, you know, 11 more weeks of what we saw earlier, like, yeah, you probably do want to. But, but to me, it's like that's, that's how we're going to find out. That's the only way we'll find out. Interesting that you're pointing out a communication issue on the offense, not relaying some of that stuff for a couple of reasons. First of all, the Bears are bad at communicating. This, this is a hallmark of this head coach. He's terrible at talking and processing information, whether it's during games, after games, about any subject. And I don't know how that bleeds down. There's simply no excuse. They've got an offensive coordinator who's on the sidelines. 
You know, I sometimes you have trouble. The guy in the booth, the voice of God, you got to come over. You got to pick up the phone. You got to, or, or if you're Jay Cutler, you got to drop an f bomb and tell him you're not picking up the phone. But the <laughs> Bears shouldn't have any of those issues. They're all right there. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And and that's the other piece of it is like, you know, there, that's the pros and cons of being on the sideline too. Like that's what you know OCs would tell you is like there's a world in which whoever was in the box failed, right? Because if as an OC, that's usually what you're looking for. Hey, we're calling in naked. Sure, I'd love to know if our receivers pop open, but we scheme these guys up to get open. We're, we're threatening three levels of their side, right? The flood that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We're threatening every layer of it. There's no way a receiver's not open. Let me go ahead and put my eyes on that backside DN to see what he's doing. And what's the other reason you do it? The other reason you want to know what that backside DN is doing is because we have design cutback runs. Right. So if that DN's playing up field, you know, it's not even about relaying it to the quarterback in terms of like, hey, let's make sure we know he's flying up field. Let's go ahead and call a design cutback run. Right. Because that's <laughs> that's why those DNs need to squeeze instead of come flying up field. So there's a lot of stuff that, you know, the pros and cons of being with a young quarterback, I'd want my OC on the sideline too. Right. Like even if I was the coordinator, if you snapped your fingers and I was the OC for Chicago, I'd want to be on the sideline just to talk to Justin more. But you bet your, you know, you bet your ass that there'd be somebody up in that box that I trust who's going to relay the right information to me. And that's the other thing is it's like there's just a lot of youth in terms of who we've selected as our backup quarterback, who we have in the box. And it's like those are the times that like we joking, you know, you joke about Chase Daniel, right? <laughs> and it's like, man, how many years did that dude make $4 million to basically be another coach? But then you see things like this. You see breakdowns in a critical moment and you go you know what maybe Hoyer's not a terrible investment right like maybe he's not the worst thing ever because he could have sat there and relayed to a young quarterback what just happened and we could have prevented a fumble that then really you know the Broncos were coming back and the Bears were kind of starting to give it away to a degree but without the fumble to me it's hard to figure out how possession wise the Broncos Cylons may have gotten Tim overtime in Europe. Okay, he's back. Um, Tim, there's another play I wanted to ask you about because I I talked to Cole Komet and and Justin Fields about this on Sunday in the locker room is the interception where and Cole did a really good job of explaining it, talking about how they they read it differently that he was seeing man match and and Justin was not. So he sat instead of continuing with the route. How can the quarterback and his pass catcher? make sure that they can get on the same page with what it is that they see and and understand that sometimes there might need to be some improvisation that allows them to make a big play. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the one that... So if we take them at their word and say they read it wrong, then it really is just reps, right? For me, though, I do think there's a degree of Cole being a great teammate and the reason I say that is because if you look, Mooney had the exact same route. And that route is not a common route. We don't see it. That's not like something that's a staple. You don't see it in the NFL where you press like you're running a deep over and then pull back out. That's not like a staple concept that everyone carries. That's like, a wow, Miami gashed Denver with that. We're going to do it, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. knowing that that's to me, the preface of why it was installed, seeing Mooney run it from a different formation, because that's the other thing, right? What do great OCs do? Hey, we've got concepts, but boy, do we dress them up to where the defense feels like it's something they've never seen before. 
right? So now instead of Mooney doing it, hey, I'm in a completely different formation. I got Komet doing it. I really feel like that was one that Justin threw it to a spot expecting Cole to push two more steps across before pulling back. Instead, Cole, you know, pulls back earlier, which is why it's like, then it just goes right to the DB. So to me, it's like, it's hard too to say, hey man, it's reps because we're probably throwing that concept out this week because whoever we're facing that they don't have that same vulnerability. Yeah, it's right? just, so, it, it, you're kind of spinning the wheel there yeah. of of football, right? Because yeah. this is you somehow Mahomes and Kelsey just have that Vulcan mind meld where yeah. those things always work out for them. You know, Aaron Rodgers used to have that with some of his receivers. Like, how did he know? How did Devontae Adams know? It's like because he just does and. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's relationship. Maybe it's just I, I don't know. It, it, and and I, I don't do well trafficking in these areas that are difficult to measure or quantify. But I do believe that there's some things to a, a quarterback receiver relationship where it just makes it more likely to connect. Yeah. Well, let me add one thing to that, because I think that's a really great point. And the other thing to build off it is that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not good. But what I mean by that is like Aaron Rodgers had it. Patrick Mahomes has it, right? Like, like I'm, I, I perfectly agree. You know who could never live in that world? Peyton Manning. If you were going out there and doing whatever you wanted, Peyton Manning was throwing you off the field. Hey, give me a new F receiver, right? So mm-hmm. just because a quarterback, hey, that's not his preference of like more – you know, backyard football to a degree within the paper football, but a backyard aspect of it, just because that might not be Justin's strength, again, doesn't mean that it's not, he's not going to be a great NFL quarterback. And I say that because there are so many quarterbacks that need it exact. And Justin might just in reality be one of those where he's more in the passing game, an exact guy. Right. And Hey, I mean, Joe Montana was, Joe Montana was not drawing up stuff in in the dirt with a stick. Yeah, no, no yeah. doubt. And Joe Montana also isn't doing what Rodgers does a lot, which is, you know, hey, I know on paper it tells me to look here and here. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and work three to four, right? Like there are certain guys that, that you know, even Peyton didn't do that. Like, And Peyton's one of the, to me, like all-time football IQ guys. And he wasn't bumping people up in his progression. He just simply was saying, hey, you know what? I'll get us into a better play, right? That was Peyton style. Like I'm not going to make this play work. I'll just get out of it. Right. So to me, it's like there's different versions of it. And I really don't think, you know, the fact that, hey, we kind of misread a concept, you know, how much of that is how much of that is on the coach, the quarterback, the tight end. Like, I think everybody has fault there. Like, is that really the time and place to call that play for the second time? Like, probably not. Right. Because we, we, we showed them the look once. We already got the, all, the wide open receiver. We're probably not going to get the wide open look again. And do we want to bet the house on that play or do we want to bet the house on let's get into three by one and let's ISO DJ more after he's, you know, made nine contested catches is what it felt like, um, you know, and arguably kicked a pile on for a touchdown, which was, which was another thing that Denver, Denver really loved. <laughs> what did you think of the fourth down play the fourth and one? Yeah. So that one was interesting because I saw on Twitter, I popped on it. It looks like, it looks like, uh, one of the coaches, I can't remember which coach it was, said, why didn't Justin pull it? Well, then you go and you look at the tape, and it's like, man, he shouldn't have pulled it. I honestly think 
I don't mind the play call. I just think our right guard, <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. Like, we have a double team up to the linebacker, and instead of keeping your shoulders square, you turned your shoulders as if, like, a backside end or deep, like, a wide, like, a four eye is, like, more important than the linebacker who's going to run through and tackle it. Like, uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's just – at the end of the day – it's on the right guard simultaneously. If you were going to criticize anything, you should criticize the fact of like, Hey, we shouldn't be acting like our low line's going to do their job. So instead let's put Justin on the move and, and, and give him a little run pass option on the edge, right? Like that's probably the reality. If you're going to criticize anything, it's not the play design because it should have worked, but it's probably putting the lineman as like, Hey, that's who we're going to bet on right now. All right, the Washington Commanders. We know it's a fearsome front four. It is a not-so-fearsome offensive line. How do you think the Luke Getze, Justin Fields, everybody is going to stack up on their end? Yeah, you know, I watched him against uh, – I, I broke him down against the Broncos, and I've watched a lot of Sam Howell. Sam Howell's an interesting one. Sam Howell reminds me a lot of Justin. Big-time competitor, willing to put his body out there. It, it, I'm really excited to see the quarterbacks play. In terms of how I think the Chicago offense matches up, I think it's an absolute nightmare up front. I think you've got to chip the hell out of Chase Young and then hope none of the other three hurt you, which just reality, watching the Bears play, that's probably not the case, right? They're, <laughs> they're going to get home. With that being said, the way the Broncos hurt them was max protect, run action, shot plays. And if there was anything that I would say, man, Let's keep everybody in. Let's make sure we protect and let's let Mooney and Moore go out there and get some deep routes. I don't know if I'm feeling horrible about that idea, right? I feel like that's something where it's like, okay, like I'd bet on DJ. And, and you guys know me, I've come on here for a long time and like, I, I really like Mooney. Like, I, <laughs> you know, he's like, he's just like kind of remind, he just seems like someone who doesn't get that much respect league wise, but like you watch him on tape and I think he does a pretty darn good job. So those two guys, get them vertical, get them stretching, try to max protect it. Um, I also think max protection puts you in an interesting situation where if the defense gets enough sync to cover DJ Moore and Mooney running down the field, that then Justin can go out there and something happen with his legs if everybody's covered up. Tim, you they your people love you for a reason, and it's because they always leave these segments smarter and entertained. Much appreciated. I've, I appreciate you guys. You have a great week.